That's how it starts. That's how it starts. Welcome back. I don't know the rest of the Welcome Back Cotter song, but welcome back, listeners. We're so glad you're here. We are thrilled to be recording again, and not only another episode, but a new book of the Bible. Ding, dang, book. This is books on books on books, and I hope you're ready to gobble it down. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to Bible Besties. I have great news. You're our best friends now. If you are tuning in for the 50th time, welcome back. We're still cool. Our mission here at Bible Besties is to go through the entire Bible story by story, unpacking these stories, retelling them in creative ways that help you connect to the main points of this Bible. And they're told as best as I can remember them, which is great because sometimes I remember uh, fun things and less of the boring things. And Lauren will determine whether or not that's true because he is the the evil Knievel stuntman guy with the fire extinguisher because I'm going to jump through these flaming hoops and I may catch on fire. But Lauren's going to put me out when I start making up too much stuff. And today is a great day because we are beginning the book of Exodus. Get out of here, dust! Yeah, get out of here, Genesis. <coughs> we, we've completed Genesis, and now we're moving on to Exodus. And as we dive in today, we are introduced to a new character who oh, will be around for quite a while. He's going to be here a, a long while. We're introduced today to the baby infant version of Moses. Yeah, baby Moses who grows up. To be, you know what I feel like this story does is it's kind of got a vibe of I've never watched the program, but through cultural osmosis and generally being just like around when it existed and it was a phenomenon. If anyone knows that show, The OC, I haven't seen it, but best I can tell, it's got some young man from the other side of the tracks moving into the fancy area of California with all these yuppity yups. <laughs> and this is a little bit what happens to Moses because Moses is a, is a Hebrew and he gets into the courts, the high court of Pharaoh, and has a wild story from there. But the way it starts, Lauren, we... I think it starts with a bunch of dads, if I'm wrong. Well, okay. Or so, generations So, so, so at let least. me let, let me set it up. Let me tee, that. tee this episode up. So okay. I know where to run from. And then you can run. Exodus chapter 1 begins by, by telling us that the people of Israel, right. the people of God, really, through Joseph's family, they Jacob's increase. Jacob's name is Israel. That's why. They, We're not talking yeah, about yeah. state. They increase in Egypt. And, and you'll remember that. They were in favor with Pharaoh and all the Egyptians. Because of of Joseph. He was a fantastic manager. Because of what Joseph did. And they grow and they multiply and they have the freedom to do that. And they're welcomed and everything is going really well. Joseph's people and descendants are living in harmony with the people. Even throughout all the famines and all that stuff. With the people of Egypt. But then something happens as simple as a regime change. And there in verse 8 of chapter 1, we're told, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He didn't know him, right? So all he knows is, as usual, like the descendants of Abraham grow. They always are blessed. 
You're going to be so blessed. Do you remember that? Like it was your a part people, of the covenant. It was a part your of the covenant. people are going to do so well. People are going to just eat, gobble you up. They love it. And uh, this new one, though, is not so thrilled because it's not like their economy was booming during Joseph's time. It was just surviving real well. And a lot of people went in debt to the Pharaoh because of the, the, the famine that was going on from the Joseph story. And this new Pharaoh is about to lock things down. He's going to get things in order. He's going to straighten this out. Because he is going to drain the swamp. He's going to drain the swamp because he is an unbelievable racist. If this book is to tell us anything, and uh, his character does something like this: "Hello, fair people. I am your pharaoh, as you know. And if there's one thing I know, is that things are really, 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 really bad. Okay, I've asked around. People always tell me they say they say pharaoh, it's so bad out there. And I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? I'm not pharaoh yet. Well, now." I am. I won. I won so well at being Pharaoh. I've risen to the top and I am Pharaoh and I'm going to make this place awesome again. It's going to be so great. So great. And the trick to it is, if I've done my calculations... He's going to make Egypt great again. I Yes. I've determined that the biggest problem, if I'm being honest, is Hebrews... That's right. Hebrews are the problem. Boy, do they multiply. Boy, you know, they're just awful. They're wretched people. They're de- they shouldn't even be here. They're not from here. They're not really Egyptians. Not like you and me, knew. No. No. I got, I'm really Egyptian, if you don't know. But these people, not so much. I don't know this Joseph they all go on about, but I'll tell you this. I refuse to acknowledge him or respect him. Well, one what the- I will say, though, what? What? One of the one of the things. That Lauren, I, I'm basically right on book. No, no here. you're crushing it, buddy. Thank you. But here's one of the things that I find really interesting. So not only does Pharaoh seem racist, not only does he seem, you know, uh, xenophobic this, at xeno, best, xenophobic, but he's also ruled by fear. He's afraid of how many um, Hebrew boys are being born, and if they get the chance, they will join a competing army to overthrow the Egyptian But he power. wouldn't say that in his speeches. No. He's got to operate from a position of but power. But he's afraid that his position of power will be compromised if they allow these, quote-unquote, foreigners right. to continue to grow and live next to Egypt. Right. So he decides to really sneaky like he's like, hey, he calls I need midwives. to have a meeting with all the midwives of this fine, beautiful nation of ours. I tell you, we're going to be awesome again. We're going to be so great. It's going to be great. Get in here, midwives. And all these midwives show up who are just lovely folks. You know, they help people deliver babies. There's a show about them on PBS. It's great. <laughs> and he gets the midwives together. He's called the midwives. And he gets them and he goes, hey, ladies, as you know, I am running on a fantastic mandate from the people to make this place awesome again. And what we need to do is get rid of the Hebrews. As you know, they are sneaky and awful. So, and they're like, oh, that sounds pretty racist, bud. He's like, no, it's not. It's fine. I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating facts. Change my mind. And uh, they go, okay, what? And he goes, well... What you're going to do is every time you deliver a baby from the Hebrews, if it's a bouncing baby boy, I would like you to take that baby and bounce it into the river. <gasps> and they're like, God, that's gross. Ew. He's like, no, it's fine. You can keep the girls. I don't care. They're fine. But these these are nasty boys, real nasty stuff. They're the worst kinds of people. So bounce those bouncing baby boys straight in the river and get back to me once they've all, you know, sorted themselves out and just... 
Just do that, okay? So they leave, and all of them kind of are like, uh, I don't know about that. Lauren's making a face like I'm well, not, am I saying this wrong? I, I think it's right. That's no, how I remember it. Alex, you're crushing it. I just, I, I want a little airtime. So verse 17. That's fair. <laughs> verse 17. Verse 17 of what we're told is, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king commanded. I like to believe, in addition to fearing God, they have basic human decency. Right. And recognize, like, the inherent value of life. And also, I don't know who sees a baby and is like, bye, into the drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway, you're you're, you're crushing Not happening. Um, um, So, but so they let the male children live, verse 18. So the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. Yeah, it's the wrong group of people to rile up are people who are dedicated to the health of mothers and children. Be like, hey, do you mind being executioners for babies for a little while? They're not going to do it. So he calls them back and he's like, hey, um, I've been looking around and I'm seeing lots of Hebrew baby boys and I'm hating it. So... I'm wondering what the problem is and who I'm going to have to kill in order to get this done. And they're like, sir, here's the thing. And they have to come up with something like why they're not doing this. Besides, like, you're gross and nobody likes you anyways. He's he's like, what is it? And they go, well, here's the thing. Hebrew women are crazy resilient. We're not – we're finding most of these – every time we deliver a boy, wow, do we ever throw it into the river. Wink. They don't. They're like, yeah, we've been doing our best. We've thrown a bunch in. But the thing is, is um, they sometimes have babies and they don't even call midwives. They're so dang rad. They just do it on their own because obviously they're afraid we're going to throw them the drink because we're so effective at following your orders, sir. He's like, good. He's like, well, looks like we're going to have to get more serious about this. Let's legislate this problem away. So he decides he's going to make a rule. And he's not just going to in secret try to keep him down. He's going full-blown edict. Like everybody in the city, if you know of a Hebrew baby boy, report them on this website and tell us all the nasty stories of all the mischief they're up to in your neighborhoods so we can throw them in the drink. And everyone's like, as always, there's always at least, a I don't know, 20, 30 percent amount of people. They're like, I knew all my problems were on somebody else. Oh, how convenient. It's it's an ethnic group that isn't my own. So they're like, yeah, rabble, rabble, rabble. And they decide they're going to do that. So tons of babies are getting thrown in the drink because people are. Survey says awful. And they do. Um, so there's a woman who has a baby and like every other mother who would have a baby, she's a Levite. Her husband's a Levite and she has a baby and she decides she's going to keep it secret as long as she can. She's getting a three months. She's getting a good voice on. Doesn't have that little, little like cat's meow. You can hide that. They're like, is that a baby? And she can go, it's a cat. Meconium poo is gone. The meconium's out of there. Long gone. This is real baby dumps. And these is a smelly loud screamer. Ah. So she's got to make the choice of what she's going to do. And she decides she's going to, instead of throwing him into the drink, she's going to pray to God, hope someone shows mercy, and she's going to put him in a basket and send him down the river, hopefully someplace where people are not bat poop bonkers Mm -hmm. and, like, super racist. So she puts him in the basket, sends him down the river. Well, at the same time she's sending him down the river, guess who's down river? It's the Pharaoh's daughter. She's so much nicer than him, people say. We don't know. I mean, who can say? Anyways, she's bathing and she's like, yeah, so dad's been catching a lot of flack in the press lately. And it's like, if 
I, I don't agree with any sort of racism, but um, I, I he's my dad. He's my dad. I got to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll, 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 I don't think he's wrong, though, or a bad guy. And the lady listening to her is like one of those like, yes, ladies is like, you're right. Your dad is really cool. Your dad's the greatest. And she's like, I know. So anyways, she's bathing when a basket starts floating down the river. And she's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. you know what just struck me, Lauren, is if she's just bathing in the river and this policy is in place, occasionally there would totes be babies floating down the river. This is the grossest. Hey, guys. The Bible gets gross. This is a gross bit about how awful people in charge can be when they're afraid. Yep. Don't put fear mongers in positions of power. Fair enough? Cool. So, anyways, um, she comes down the river and she's like, hey, is that one of those gift bags from that, um, that, that, that DJ thing? That, what's that new store opening? What is that? She's is that a basket the, of chilled Prosecco? Yeah, what is that? Oh, get it. Get it. What is that? It looks great. And she gets it. And sure enough, there's a baby in there. And she's like, oh, what is this? Oh, is this one of the T-Bros? You think someone accidentally threw their basket in too? What is Oh, how could people throw one of these in the river? They're so sweet. Hebrews are weird, I guess. Anyways, you know, like she's just totally brainwashed by this whole thing because she's like, weird, I find him adorable. Let's keep him. Let's keep him. He looks cute. And the, the, the lady's like, what's her name going to be? And he's like, it's a he, stupid. It's like, oh, it's definitely a Hebrew then. That, that's what they do. They throw the boys in. It's like, that is so weird. Anyways, so she gets the baby, and at the same time, um, one of the midwives was following this baby down the river and knows exactly who had put him in there and goes, excuse me, ma'am, would you like me to find you someone to nest that baby? And she goes, no, I'm fine. I got it. I can raise it. What's it eat? And she's like, there's someone else to nest it, ma'am. And she's like, okay, who? I, I mean, what? What is that? And it's like, well, she needs a mother. Like, we need to find somebody who could, like, give him milk. And she's like, oh, sure. Do you know somebody? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I got one. Let's, let's go. Give him here. I'll take him. And she takes him back to his mom. And his mom gets to raise him. And she raises him. And he gets to grow up with his mom at least for a little bit. I don't remember how long. What is it, Lauren? It's like until he's done well, nursing probably, right? So What's it's that, says, two years? Uh, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for take me. Take him away and, I, and I will give you your wages. So she'll be taken care oh, of. Oh, good. Um, so the woman took the child and nursed him. Verse 10. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Does it say it was his mom? It, it, it was his mom. Or is that? I might be making that up. Have I conflated that with like popular no, um, culture? Or is that true in the Bible? I might be wrong. Whoops. No. So the girl went and called the child's mother. There it is. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. yep. So that happens. So um, at least, may, we don't know. It could have been for a year, two years. Could have been longer. In ancient times, you'd think they'd nurse for a really long time because like... But later in the story, we're food. led... But later in the story, we're led to believe that Moses understands that he himself is not an Egyptian. Yes. It's a little unclear. It's not like it ever says he knew he was he was a Hebrew, but his actions betray. This is where the OC like element comes right. in. I imagine he's like, yeah, he's a prince, sure, but he's the bad boy prince. You know what I mean? Like he sulks around the castle a little more. So Maybe he gets a little more though, mischief. But another element that this really shows us is this really interesting and strange relationship between Pharaoh's daughter and Pharaoh. Right, because Pharaoh, Pharaoh puts out this decree that they've all got to be thrown in the river. But then Pharaoh's daughter is able 
to pay a Hebrew woman to nurse him and then to raise her river to baby. bring that baby back into the household to grow up in Pharaoh's it's it seems like an interesting dynamic. It's a cool right? hero origin story. It's a neat story, but I wonder like how Pharaoh did he just always give his daughter anything she wanted and it's interesting, right? Maybe. Who knows? But she names him Moses because she drew him from the water. I know that part. Yep. So Moses is like the bad boy from the OC who's like, man, you guys don't know how it is. And But he doesn't make that voice. I'm going to give him a voice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him one that fits his sort of like on the other side of the tracks. So one day Moses is out and about and he sees an Egyptian uh, like guard well, this or is what an officer or something and he's beating the snot out of a Hebrew but slave. Said, but this is, leads me to believe what? Moses knew he was a Hebrew because it says one day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Okay, so he knew it. So he's out there like, man, establishment man, they're not like, oh man, I can't, I can't stand it anymore. What's wrong with you, mate? And he's like, what? And he goes, why are you beating up on my people, bruv? And he's like, what? Why, why, why are you complaining? Go back to the castle, you little ninny. And he goes, well, you called me? And he goes, what do you say? You know who I am? He goes, yes, you little Hebrew prince. What are you doing out here? Get back into the castle. And he goes, well, if anyone's wondering why his voice is this way, um, it is because I'm going with the Christian Bale uh, from Gods and Kings movie because I was thinking of a Batman voice and I'm just going to go with the, the kind of surprising voice he does when he's pre- doing press for his movies. Anyways, Christian Bale, I mean, Moses is like, Oi, you'll come over here and tell me that or you going to leave him alone, is ya? And he goes, I'm not going to leave him, he's a slave and these Hebrew people are vermin. Haven't you heard the teachings of your great Pharaoh father? And he goes, Oi, you back up from him or I'm going to do your head in. And he goes, you can try. Round one, fight. And what happens is Christian Bale, I mean Moses, beats the dude to death and buries him in the sand and looks at the Hebrew who's all like bloodied up is like, oi, you keep this between you and me, all right, sweetheart. Stay out of my way and try not to get beat up by him, all these pigs. And he goes, oh, oh, all right, sir. And he runs away. So he keeps this to himself. He's only committed to murder. Into his head, he's probably like, man, the fascist man. So he don't care. But the so next day, the next time he he's out, out, though. The very he, next day. Yeah, he's out and he sees some Hebrews fighting. He's like, oh, bros, why are you doing this? Don't we got bigger problems than this? Why are you fighting each other? You got enough problems, ain't you? And they go, well, who, who, who are you to tell us what to do? And he goes, well, I'm a prince, and I? And he goes, oh, are you prince of the Jews now? You're going to kill us like you killed that god yesterday. And he goes, who told you that? What are you talking about? I never care. I don't know what you're talking about. Shut your mouth. And they're like, yeah, you think you're Lord of the Hebrews too, do you? Well, you killed a guard yesterday. What are you going to do? We're going to start fighting. You're going to kill us. He goes, you shut your mouth. And he has, well, he, word gets out. Well, word gets to Pharaoh. One of the guards and hears so it and tells Pharaoh, the Pharaoh. Pharaoh heard of it and he sought to kill Moses. Yes, he gets the reporting. So he, imagine, what yes, do you think? What I do you, knew uh, it. Yeah. What, take us into Pharaoh finding out about, he probably hated that he was in his household. Anyway. Pharaoh is out doing his thing. He's playing golf. He's doing whatever he wants because whatever. This, this workload 
he's a busy man and he's earned it. So he's out playing golf. He's like, you know, I've become the club champion again. <laughs> they're like, did you? He's like, yes, I'm very good at golf. And they're like, oh, sir, sir. And he goes, what is it? I'm playing golf with famous people. And he goes, yeah, well, um, I just got word, sir, that your, uh, I guess your, I guess he'd be your grandson of Moses, he goes, oh, Moses, tell me what he do this time. Now. I swear I can't stand that boy. He goes, well, turns out he's killed one of your officials. He goes, he's what? He goes, <laughs> he's killed one of your officials. He goes, oh, isn't, that's what I said, isn't it? That's what I say about Hebrews. They are too dangerous. They cannot be trusted. You can bring them in your house. What's the line? What's the one story I tell about the snake? You knew I was a snake when you brought me in. That's what he is. He's a snake. We need to cut it off of the head. Your daughter will obviously be upset about this. Oh, tell her to buzz off. He killed somebody. Yes. Yes. Kill Moses. Go kill him. Find him. Kill him. And that's where we're left off is Moses has to skip town because finally Daddy Pharaoh just found out he has the perfect excuse to let out all of his xenophobic, racist nonsense out on his son of sorts, on this relative, his grandson. So, uh, yeah, that's the story so far, and um, we'll get back to his adventures after this. We'll pick up next time with Moses on the run. On the run. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Since we're besties now, could you do us a favor? Visit iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit us at BibleBesties.com for exclusive content.